Jones. Everywhere you go. Refreshes without filling. Why? You carry the fun with you. I never cease to wonder at the many ways scientists have learned to improve on nature. To think just what that means. Of course, it means many things. Each one is a masterpiece of design and beauty. But first, here is your announcement. It's time for the Geeky Rummy Podcast. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, today, uh, I'm currently looking at a room, well, right now I'm looking at where my consoles were. And then looking over there and seeing where they are right now, which is on my sofa. Basically, because I got a new PC, um, one of my capture devices doesn't work anymore. And when I contacted the manufacturer, their their answer literally was, oh, it's old, we don't support it anymore, sorry. There's nothing that could be done about it, so, okay. Uh, so I've been like, okay, I need to try and, like set up everything so that I can and use that and but it does mean transferring my PS3 over to HDMI but then I found out that the PS3's got HDCP stuff in it the copy protection stuff so I can't record it directly off HDMI so that meant buying a load of adapters and now I've got a million things on HDMI it was like let's buy like a a switch thing for HDMI so I've got all that and then I was like well the consoles are all just a mass of cables. I should probably sort all this out. And if I'm trying to like reconfigure everything... So right now, all the PlayStations have been reconnected, but all the Nintendo consoles are just currently waiting to be reconnected. Yes. <laughs> Mhm. 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 Well, I have 5 HDMI devices now. So I've got a switch with four ports and then I've, I've got like the remaining port of my TV is just going to be the last thing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's 
it's the, been a problem for me for a while just because I've had like PS4, Switch, Wii U, Mini SNES, just everything. And now I'm having to connect my PS3 up with HDMI as well and not buy just component. It's like, okay, let's, let's get a thing. I've, I've still got the port for it, but it's just because I'm, I know I'm going to want to record from it. And just doing it off that, the only thing I had to do that was the thing that now doesn't work on my PC. <laughs> That's literally the only problem with my new PC. So... Well, it's the thing that I like about the, the Elgato, which is the other device that I use, which is the HDMI one, because that's I've had it for years and it's worked, and they update it entirely through software. So, like, they haven't released new models for it, they just do this, update the software for it as they go. So, it means that you can still use one from years ago and it's still supported. Mm. Yeah. Mhm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's why I'm glad that nothing I've got has that problem as far as I'm aware. Maybe my phone at some point, but my phone's still kind of relatively newish, so... Again, this is kind of why, with all the consoles that I'm setting up, a bunch of them just work because they're older consoles that literally you just plug into a TV and they don't have an internet connection. So, like the GameCube and the PS2. Well, if you get the the all all digital edition, and I think there is one for the Series X as well. Like it's all downloading, absolutely no discs. Mm-hmm. But I think that that is why they've kept a model that has a disc drive. Because although that disk drive on the PS5 does just stick out, because you can tell they just tacked it on, because they're like, oh, we should probably make a model with the disk drive. Mm-hmm. 
Where where are all the FIFA games going to go? Because <laughs> that's really all CEX is for. It's where you put FIFA games when they're a year old, at least. Yeah. It's just every time that I've been in a CX, there's just a wall of FIFA and then a wall of GTA, and then you've got the rest of the games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you really think about it, the PS4 hasn't had a GTA because it was just a port of a PS3 game so that's the thing to bear in mind with GTA 5 <laughs> no that's true yeah Oh, I've, game companies have said that time and time again, and they've never stuck to that. <laughs> mm -hmm. They basically just want to have it as a live service that they can just keep updating, but every time they've said, we're going to support this for ten years, a sequel still comes out in two years' time. You watch. You watch what happens. <laughs> no. No. It's 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 still it's still alive in the sense that they haven't switched the servers off, but that's not necessarily alive. <laughs> yeah, they were technically moving around, but you know, I did build my new PC. With a lot of messaging you for uh, support. <laughs> it's serving me quite well already. Just, it's really good. I've already tried recording PC games, which is nice. Not something I've been able to do. Um, and just having two screens is just such a wonderful thing. Just to have everything everywhere. And it's just, it's beautiful. <laughs> yes. I've I managed to sort of figure it out pretty quickly. Like I think the most confusing thing about it is you've got to set up like where the source is. First of all, I think like the way I've got it set up is basically to just find any full screen window and it'll pick up on it and you can hit record on it. Which obviously most games will be running in full screen. So it's only gonna be a problem if you have a game that isn't running in full screen. Which is probably really just going to be like older stuff because I know that like the Monkey Island games I've got don't run in full screen just because they're so old and much smaller screen resolutions they have to keep them in the window just so they don't look ridiculously awful when blown up to yeah yeah but yeah it's it's been good again the the dual screen thing is just the best part
Ja. <laughs> the thing that they don't show you in those is the guy like losing where he's left his mouse. Which is the thing that always happens on just having two monitors. I dread to think what happens if you've got a wall of them. Well, like, I'll be looking at the screen, like, where the hell's the mouse? It's on the other screen, and that's why I can't find it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's happened a ridiculous amount of times since getting this. Mm-hmm. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I got a really cheap keyboard that doesn't have any RGB in it. It just is a keyboard. And the main reason that I've had to hide the window is just because of the capture devices and the length of the USB cable. If I put it on the other side of my desk, that cable won't reach. <laughs> Mhm. Mhm. Well, this is the thing as well. Like, I think that I've managed to get a pretty decent build, and I've saved a whole bunch of money on not buying RGB lights, and instead got, you know, been able to get a better processor and stuff, which ultimately is what matters. So what have you been up to, Ryan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've heard that it's good. Um, it's one of those things that, like, has been on my I should probably read that list for years, and I just never got around to it. Hmm. I think the problem I have with, with audiobooks is that, for me, I'd want to put them on while I'm doing something. But most of the time, if I'm doing video editing, I need to have the vi- the audio from the video and not listen to something else. And if I'm writing, it confuses the hell out of me because I'm hearing other words and I'm trying to write other words. <laughs> so it's like, I don't really have a lot of space where I'd sit and listen to an audiobook. I think if I have to read a book, I'd be sitting down to read it. Mm-hmm. So that's a fairly recent ad- uh, audiobook version then. Okay. Yeah, I always see those adverts everywhere. The Audible adverts. It's like every other YouTube video is just like, hey, please subscribe and get a free audiobook on us. I'm like, okay, sure. And you can't skip it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been playing through Shadow of the Tomb Raider for a different reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I did a video which is called The Rise and Fall of Tomb Raider, which is basically just kind of looking at the reboot trilogy from the perspective of someone who's been a fan of the series since the very first game, because it's basically the game that kind of set off my entire tastes in games. Um, and I've got sort of various issues with the, the thing, with the with the trilogy, and I've just thought, let's have a look at what went wrong, what went right, you know, and how can they improve on it, and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's sort of 
when I I went through it, I was expecting to be a lot more overall negative than I ended up being. Because I was like, actually, the first first in the trilogy, I have no real complaints about in terms of how it handles the growth of Lara as a character and all this sort of stuff. And the one that in, and Rise was the one I ended up being the most negative about because while I was playing through it, I was like, there's not really a lot to write down in terms of notes and things. And the few things that I could write down, I was like, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like... Shadow of the Tomb Raider did a really good thing with just... It tried to lean more into actual tomb raiding, which, shocker, in a tomb raider game. But then it sort of... They were like, oh, well, open world RPGs are popular, so let's put something similar to that in there. That doesn't work. So yeah, just kind of looking at looking over all of that and making a making assessments on where they could go next, essentially. Which is funny, because Uncharted The Lost Legacy was basically the best Tomb Raider game in the last decade. It is on my YouTube channel, which is Bob the Pet Ferret. Hey there! This is Keith swinging by to bring you this week's Geeky Brummy Pool List. In the list this week is The Dreaming, Waking Hours number 1 from DC's Black Label. This is written by G. Willow Wilson with art by Nick Robles. I loved the previous iteration of The Dreaming. Simon Spurrier and Bilquis Evely did a phenomenal job of bringing back the Sandman to the DC Universe. Now, G. Willow Wilson, writer of the hugely popular Ms. Marvel series, and artist Nick Robles, have taken over for this Waking Hours series. I don't envy these creators having to follow in the footsteps of such a great run of comics, but from the previews I've seen, they appear to be up to the job. I'm looking forward to seeing where this series goes next. Next up, we have Strange Adventures number 4, also from DC's Black Label, written by Tom King, with art by Mitch Gerrards and Evan Shanner. In a quiet week, I'm hopeful that both The Dreaming and Strange Adventures get the attention they deserve. Strange Adventures continues the run of spectacular comics Tom King is writing. Having his Mr. Miracle collaborator Mitch Gerrards on board means that this book will look amazing, and now with Evan Shanner along for the RAN-based sequences, it looks even better. I'm really enjoying this book, and it's great to have Adam Strange back in the spotlight again. Coming up in the pool list, we have Adventure Man number 3 from Image, written by Matt Fraction, with art by Terry and Rachel Dodson. And hot on the heels of the previous issue, we have Billionaire Island number 4 from Ahoy Comics, written by our favourites Mark Russell and Steve Pugh. 
In Meanwhile This Week, I'd just like to remind everybody that John McRae's Kickstarter, The Mighty World of McRae, a collection of 30-plus years of creator-owned work, is now live. This is the first of four proposed issues and will include 200 pages of some incredible work. The Atheist with Phil Hester, The Tosspot 4 with Garth Ennis, Dinosaurs Rule with Nick Abadiz, and an all-new story, Rocket Station Charlie, with his Dead Eyes collaborator, Jerry Duggan. You may have heard us talking about Brawler and The 77, the recent British anthology comics. Now you can also pick up Space Warp Number 1 from Pat Mills. This includes art by Ian Ashcroft, Darren Cullen, Mike Donaldson, Charlie Gillespie, Aid Hughes and more. All of Space Warp's stories are written by Pat Mills, the creator of 2000 AD. And they feature everything from dinosaurs, killer robots and more. This is a book aimed at readers of all ages and if you enjoyed The Brawler and The 77 I do suggest you pick up currently the digital version of Space Warp through Comixology. And that's it for this week's pool list. I'm off now to get changed in a phone box and I'll see you next time. So now back to the main show. Get carried away at the Rackham's and Cavendish House sales, which start tomorrow. Sales at Rackham's Birmingham, other Rackham stores and Cavendish House Cheltenham start tomorrow. You could really get carried away. Mm-hmm. I think... I mean, even as a concept, I'm not sure how I feel about it, just because I feel like the idea of walking into a shop and there being, like, no one there, and it's literally just pick something off the shelf and you walk out. I think the main um, draw of something like a physical shop is that you should be able to go in there and ask for advice. And you should be able to, like, you know, sort of ask questions and try and figure things out because, you know, you, the retail staff are supposed to be trained in being able to help you help you out with those things if you've got questions. So I think just having that walking in to a shop and just picking something up, I don't think it's quite the same thing. You may as well just stay on Amazon, the website, as far as I'm concerned.
You know it's going to happen anyway. A thing that sort of really stood out to me as a major criticism about this as well is because, yeah, you're still going to have staff, but you can probably have less staff. And I think it's one of those problems where we're already having issues with employment, especially with the current circumstances. And I think moving into this sort of model where there's just not going to be as many jobs is is not going to be sustainable because ultimately you're going to end up with more people who are unemployed which means fewer people going to your shop. <laughs> yep. Yep. Not, not even just in a particular field, it's also just getting the contacts and getting the, just getting that route in in the first place. And, you know, it's also reason, raising the question of, like, you know, how far up the chain does this go? Like, you know, as you start automating the shops, like, you know, do you ha can you afford to have more jobs at a higher level and that sort of thing? So it's, it's just one of those things that I'm just like, I, I, it doesn't sit well with me. I mean, it's sort of probably going to go along with, I could see the world moving towards kind of like a hybrid model. So like you'd have you know, some days at work and probably more of the week working from home. 
you know, I could see more of that happening going forward, especially like if through, you know, furlough and people being locked down and things like that. And companies find out that actually, oh, it's probably cheaper to have people working from home. You know, especially if you're not going to, you know, if you're not going to have a PC for them running 24-7, like five days a week or whatever, and it's cheaper to cut down on that cost, it's like, well, there you go, that's one way that you can probably convince a lot of people to work from home. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, people have been using those extra extra hours to, like, go for a walk in the morning or spend more time with their kids or something. And they're going to want to hold on to that time. I don't see, like, things moving entirely towards just working from home. Like I said, I think it'd probably be, like, coming once or twice a week. Maybe even just for a few hours or for an afternoon or something. And then, you know... There's actually um, a social media company that I did like a brief internship with that worked like that even before all of this. You know, the only time that everyone would be in the office would be Monday. And then it was just like people would just come in at different days and only like work one day a week otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure, like, how the Amazon stuff, though, is going to really take off. Uh, I think it's, you've also got kind of the logistic problem of, like, yeah, you've got staff. But, like, there's going to be a point where you know something's going to break down. And those staff are going to be there just to do some like basic behind the scenes stuff, but then they've got to suddenly jump into like a tech support slash customer service role that they're probably not going to actually be officially trained for because it's like you only need to do this in like an emergency situation. It's like I I worked in in a place where we lost the entire place lost internet access, so we couldn't use the tills. And it's like we could we we were able to serve still because it's like well we can still like manually open the till and we can still like you know 
give people you know the change and and take their money as long as we write down what's coming through so there is a, a an easy fallback but if you haven't got that system in place then if you lose internet access which is definitely going to be a problem for an Amazon shop if it's using your account it's just going to like kill the whole business for a day or however long it, it, it might even be longer depending on the problem and I feel like they maybe haven't thought of stuff like this Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say, like, you know, since we were talking about, you know, connections and things breaking down, in that, in the event of that happening, can someone just walk in and then walk out? You know, what's stopping that from happening? You know, if, if, the, if the connection just stops working but someone just walks out, you know, it could count as theft, but it's like, as far as they're concerned, it's registered everything and it's like, well... <laughs> Yeah. I think I just find I just find it a bit kind of soulless almost. You know, if you if you're gonna do that, just stay at home and order it online, <laughs> rather than going to a physical shop. Again, it's that whole thing with like physical shops. I think being able to ask for a, for help and, and stuff. But I think even in places where you can hire more specialist people, so like clothes shops or you know uh, anywhere electronic shops as well. Like you know, you can ask people like, oh, I'm looking to buy this sort of thing. What advice do you have? And I think you're gonna lose that with a shop like this. Um, so I just find it just really soulless and really, why would you even do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, 
And I think that's a really big consideration that needs to be made, these sorts of things, because it's one of those things that a lot of companies tend to just leave on the side. Say, oh, well, you know, only a fraction of people are going to be using that. And is it really all that important? It's like, yeah, to those people it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the big things with, like, sort of traditional retail that we've been seeing going under a lot was, like, department stores. And that's a really outdated model, I think. Especially because, like, you've got these massive places and they're just expensive and out of the way for a lot of people as well. And just... I, I think, like, they're they're very much a relic of, like, when retail was kind of like a new exciting thing and you had all the the things in one shop but of course now because we've got online shopping where everything is just in one shop um that you don't even need to leave even need to leave your house for we're starting to see all that going under i think Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is that is the other problem with it that again makes me wonder why don't you just stay at home and order this on Amazon because Amazon you don't have that stock problem that a retail shop would have. And I think, you know, this is where like I've you know, I've touched on it a couple of times where the what needs to happen going forward is that physical retail needs to push more towards expertise and the sort of physical interaction and, and that sort of thing and focus less on products and selling products because that's the advantage it has over online shopping. But I don't see how Amazon just taking the online shopping experience and putting it in a shop is going to really do all that well. Mm-hmm. yeah and I think that that works though because you know especially with something like buying a car you do need someone there to sort of walk you through what it can do and, and that sort of thing because it is a it's a big scale purchase and you need to know you're getting the right thing um, so even you know doing it that way does work as far as I'm concerned but you know Amazon just putting stuff on a retail shelf and saying like it'll scan through your Amazon account it's like okay why don't I just stay at home and order it on Amazon then Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. 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 Mm hmm. Welcome to the portion of the show where I talk about my recent Games of the Week. Last week, Game of the Week was Other Side for PC, PS4 and Xbox One. Set in a harsh world plagued by horrifying interdimensional beings, you fight back using your squad of daughters in turn-based gameplay that also allows for sneaky interruptions and counters thanks to a timeline-based system. The art style for this one is brutally gorgeous and I've been interested in it since its announcement a few months ago. Reviews for this are looking excellent, so definitely one for those who want a really dark XCOM-style title. This week, Game of the Week is Fall Guys, a multiplayer battle royale and no wait, come back, this one's different, I promise. Remember Takeshi's Castle, the hilariously unfair Japanese game show where contestants were thrown around by nightmarish obstacle courses designed to cause as much humiliation as possible? Fall Guys is that in video game form, but with floppier physics than real life. It's a 60-person game show battle royale where the objective is to survive a range of courses full of spinning poles, quick-changing barriers, harsh drops, and other wacky obstacles. It's intensely frustrating and unfair due to the physics engine, and it's far too easy to find yourself eliminated, and yet... I want to keep playing it. It's compelling and stupid fun, and sometimes that's all you need. It's out for Steam, but if you have a PlayStation Plus subscription, you can grab it for free on PlayStation 4 this month. And that is it for the past two weeks' Games of the Week. We'll get back to the main show now. If we machines break down, you humans get cross. Hence our new Panasonic video. He is so reliable. His solid die-cast chassis and direct drive video head are engineered to give perfect pictures for years and years. Panasonic's new NV7200. In the world of humans, he's the video built to survive. They don't deserve you. Recently, YouTube have gotten rid of like the community subtitles because they used to have a thing where like you could open up your subtitle tools to your community, so people could do like translations or provide subtitles on your behalf if you don't have the time to do them yourself. And it's a really useful feature, and it opens it up to more people. But YouTube are like, oh well, only like less than one percent of people actually used it, so we're going to get rid of it. And it's like, but. For the people who did use it, it was essential, and you're just stripping it out. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. I think there's still going to be the system within the Creator Studio, but that's still just 
you can't just pass it over to someone else. And like, that's no good for me if I wanted to put my videos like in different languages, because I don't know other languages, so I can't translate everything. And also, just the amount of work that that would require. But there are plenty, like I said, there there are plenty of people out there who are willing to turn that into like a full time income. Having the tools there before was really easy, and now it's got a now it adds more work on the creator to put all, all that in place. I think it's just really difficult. Like, you're going to have to try and move the earth to get enough people using it to make it a viable competitor. And I think it's as soon as someone figures that out, they're going to take off. But I think. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, and and even then, Twitch is very has a very specific way of doing things. So it's very much like, um, you know, it's it's streaming gameplay. You can't do the kind of videos I do on YouTube through Twitch. So it's. You know, it's very limiting what's there. Yeah. And also, like, when you really think about it, when you, if in the fight between YouTube and Twitch, you're still back on Google versus Amazon. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, Daily Motion does still exist, but it it is very much a specific platform, mainly for stuff that, because they don't have as strong a copyright prevent uh, system, if you will. So it's like you know, <laughs> Vimeo, Vimeo, I've noticed seems to be good for like portfolios and stuff. A lot of like professional editors and stuff will use it for portfolio work. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot about Curiosity Stream. I think, like, a few YouTubers that I follow have been sponsored by it in the past. So that's kind of mainly how I know about it. And I've noticed that the sponsorship messages for those don't go on nearly as long as some other sponsorship messages on YouTube. <laughs> I've 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 gotten so just done with two minute sponsor messages and YouTube videos. I'm really glad there was a video I watched recently where the guy actually put the sponsor message in the timestamps, so I could just skip right past it because I could see exactly where it ended. Mm. Yeah. I do know that a lot of sites run off their web services as well. Although, although one one thing I am noticing Amazon just do really really badly with is games, because they they're moving into game publishing, but like everything that they've put out there is just getting such a muted reaction and I love how they're just because they put Crucible out which was like you know sort of like let's do a new esport thing and then within like two weeks they removed two of the three modes and then a week later put it back in beta and I'm like okay <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they've got a, an MMO coming out as well. And of course, at this point, it's like you—you're like first of all five years, five six years too late for the the MMO bubble that sprung up. Uh, and second of all, did you not learn from like how ninety percent of those MMOs all failed? 
Yeah. Like, I think there are there are a few that managed to succeed, because I know that quite a few people played, like, Guild Wars, and Final Fantasy fourteen did pretty well, but that's also got the Final Fantasy branding behind it, so that probably helped. Yeah. And again, that's another one that's got a big brand name behind it already, so you've already got an invested audience who would like to check it out. But I think launching something brand new and untested into a market that's basically dominated by World of Warcraft, even now, is just not going to get you anywhere. Especially because, like, it's just the, the thing about MMOs is they require that time commitment. And if you're already committed to World of Warcraft, you don't have the time to commit to a second MMO. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. The only way that people are going to stop supporting World of Warcraft is if World of Warcraft just goes under. And that's not going to happen. Yeah. You can find me on YouTube at Bob the Fit for it, as mentioned earlier. Uh, you can also support the channel on Patreon, also at Bob the Pet Ferret. I do updates for the channel on Twitter on Bob the Pet Ferret, and also I do general tweeting from the Cheap Ferret. The algorithm takes all. <laughs> yeah. Bye.